Man, so much stuff happens behind the scenes of the show. We all just found out that Dave has pretty eyeballs. Pretty eyeballs. Well, you guys Not know eyes. I had pretty eyeballs. No, we know you had pretty eyes. I didn't know you had pretty eyeballs. I feel like... Well, that's, the, that's the whole... a big part of the eye. <laughs> it's a huge it's part. It's a major guys, part of the eye. It's time, it's time to get serious. Here's the game oh, plan. Oh, okay? no. We're going to oh, look wow. at the chat to make sure we know how to pronounce everything. If we get into trouble, if we get into trouble, we're going to just call Mark Cerny, have uh -huh. him come here, talk for an hour. Uh -huh. And by the time people watch it 10 times to understand uh -huh. what all that means, then we'll swap the video. Excellent. So should we, okay, start, cool. should we start the show then? Let, let's start the show. Let's start I guess the show. Good. This is PSVR Gamescast Live, where we film live every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm sure today has to be one of those days, otherwise I don't think we'd be here. Hopefully you guys would be here either way. My name is Brian Paul from this channel right here, PSVR Without Parole. And the guys to my right, the boys, Dave from Dave Station, the V, 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 R. Well, thank you, sir, for that intro. I liked it. A lot of pep, a lot of verve. I don't know what else to say. Vigor, Vim, got a lot of words people don't use very often. <laughs> and yeah. that guy on the right-hand side of the screen is AJ from The Underground, PSVR Underground. What is up, Brian? What is up, Dave? What is up, GameCats? Good to see all of you on this fine Wednesday. Wednesday. We've got a lot to talk about, and I am super excited, guys. Oh, God, you're so relaxed. I, I like already, I'm seeing in the chat, Nick is starting to call us N-GameCats. I like this... I like this, like next gen. This is oh, I like it yeah. absolutely, uh, guys. Uh, before we get started, we want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure that if you don't already, uh, if you haven't already, make sure you click the link in the description to join us over on Discord. Uh, that's where this conversation and conversations like it happen twenty four seven. There's been a lot of activity over there. Uh, but it's also where we, you know, get together and uh, and join up for Box VR every single day. It's also where we get some multiplayer meetups going. Uh, lots of developers there to hang out with and chat with as. Well, and if you want your name on that scrolling scroll at the bottom of the screen, patreon.com slash without pearl games. That's all the housekeeping I have. I think we've got a lot of news. Oh, we're about. on Spotify now, too, though. We are on Spotify. There's that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, yeah. you might be hearing us on Spotify if you're one of the three people now who listen to us on Spotify. Three, three or maybe. four, yeah. I definitely streamlined the introduction because I know we have so much news to talk about. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think we should probably dive right into it. That's what a lot of these cats are oh, yeah. here to hear. Right. That is correct, man. Uh, first of all, real quick, just want to say thank you to everybody welcoming me back, man. I hated not being here. It seems like every time Moss is the topic, it means that like I can't be on the show for some reason. So we just I gotta... thought that was in your contracts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We also want to give a okay. shout out to Emily Baxter hashtag the game kitten for the two dollar tip. Said just because I love you guys, we love you too, Emily Baxter. Why? Thank you. All right, guys. The the thing that we're all here to talk about today is uh, is pretty big, uh, pretty pretty newsworthy. Uh, last night I put up a video uh, that basically detailed all of Sony's plans for uh, the PlayStation VR two. Uh, everything that they have gone not public about. <laughs> so uh, for anybody curious, yeah, there's, we've got multiple sources that are confirming this. Uh, this isn't rumor. This isn't speculation. This is all legit. Uh, when I've got multiple people all saying the exact same thing to me verbatim it means it means the story is pretty concrete uh yeah. so uh so so thank you for joining us for uh if you already saw the 
breaking news report. Awesome. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the stuff that we uh, that we brought up there, but then we're also going to bring up a few new things along the way. Starting with, you guys want to start with the uh, the, the the pretty basic thing: uh, the fact that Sony is calling this thing the NGVR for next gen VR. They're not committing to PSVR two yet. What do we feel about that? Uh, I hope they don't stick with it, um, <laughs> but I don't think they will. I mean, Project Morpheus wasn't Project Morpheus at the end of the day. It's, you know, PSVR. So I hope they stick with that solid branding. People know what it is. PSVR 2, it makes sense. And NGVR, I know it's going to be way better than the other stuff, but it almost sounds like, I don't know, like next oh. gen. It sounds like too cool for school. You know, <laughs> I like, like it. Yeah, I like it. I like the hashtag too. the hashtag NGVR. It looks really cool to write, um, but but yeah, I mean, they really like to to build the suspense for this, right? I think they did the same thing for PS5. Um, now, there is a possibility that it's not just called PSVR 2. I've seen a couple sure. people that would, wouldn't mind it being called like PS5 VR or something, or, you know, it could be called the, the PSVR uh, Nathy or something, uh, and uh, <laughs> you said but, that. That's, a, yeah, that's some targeted, targeted advertisement the, right there. The, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> Did he pay you to say that? <laughs> um, no, but uh, but no, um, but yeah, I think keep it simple. You, we've seen what happened with Xbox. Yep. You don't even know which Xbox is which anymore, and I think you could really learn from from that. Yeah, I love this. E Victory in the chat says, "Dude, we already know what's going on with the next gen because someone already posted a video about it, telling us this stuff." So I'm out. Stop <laughs> wasting your time listening to these idiots talk about it. See you watch later. our video, <laughs> dude. See you later. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, that's that's easy, crazy. Bro. No, no one else is reporting on this. Daylight. I keep I keep looking around the internet, going, "Huh, I wonder where." Uh, you know, I, I wonder why no one else is reporting on this. The fact is, is apparently like no one else is talking about it, which is crazy. Everyone who's reporting on it is just posting our video or, or stating facts from our video. Uh, so thank yeah. you for thank you for tuning in uh, to hear more about it. Uh, yeah, guys. <laughs> yeah, later, dude. Um, so yeah, I, like obviously, you know, I mean, this, we don't need to go on about this. Next gen VR doesn't make any sense because as soon as it's released, it's no longer next gen VR. It's current gen VR, right? It's now the thing. It's not the yeah. current future thing. So it's not going to be called that. Uh, as we mentioned in the video, uh, they called it next gen portable forever before they finally announced the PlayStation Vita's name. Uh, this is just a simple, uh, a simple way to call it something. Uh, shout out to Seymour GameCats with a two dollar tip. It says uh, GCVR. For the game cats, game cats VR. Great. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. There go. I like it. All right, uh, but let's let's move on, guys. We don't need to talk about yep. the name uh, all day, uh, and, I, and I guess that kind of brings us to uh, to the lenses, right? And, uh, and and revealing that they're Fresnel lenses. Now that I've learned how to pronounce that properly. Um, yeah. Fresnel lenses seem to uh, seem to be pretty divisive out there. Uh, there's a lot of positives yeah. and negatives. Uh, what's 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 the most common positive about Fresnel lenses, guys? Well, I think um, from a manufacturing standpoint, it's that they're you can make them uh, thinner and lighter weight than other lenses and still get generally the same effect that you would out of a heavier, thicker lens. Um, so that always, you know, if you're reducing the weight of the headset, that's always good. And you can reduce the form factor a little bit because it doesn't have to have the space for a bigger lens. Um, so I think that's typically why they go with them, I think. Well, there was something else. Um Another thing is, you know, this is going to probably be might be a reoccurring theme, but they mentioned before about with when they want to design the next generation VR headset that they've learned a lot from their mistakes from the first gen. 
And a big thing that people, a big barrier that people had getting into the first-gen PSVR was motion sickness. Now, what the Fresnel lenses are supposed to do is they basically uh, eliminate the distortion from when you rotate your eye on its axis. There's like a distortion that can be caused, and that is one of the supposedly one of the causes of motion sickness. So likely, I'm thinking that's going to be the biggest thing is this is their to decrease the amount of people that get motion sickness, which is just an automatic deal breaker for, for virtual reality for consumers. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like the, the big negative that everyone seems to be bringing up, uh, because uh, this is the same type of lens that the quest uses, uh, yeah. is, uh, some unintended God rays, right? Oh yeah. Right. Definitely. Okay. So, since Quest 1 and Quest 2, and, I'm, and I'm, the last thing I'm going to do here is sit, sit here and defend everything that Sony has decided to do, right? We don't know everything. This is We're, we're, we're definitely speculating based on a, uh, based on all this stuff that we do know. You won't um, know till you put it on and stuff. You and won't know till you put it on. It. Right, because this is, this is like, these aren't going to be the same uh, for now lenses that, that we're used to. We're not, not from, like, you know, no. the two years ago or the year before. Uh, these are going to be new lenses. Uh, that are even thinner uh, and more well designed for uh, for a headset that's not coming out for you know close to another year. So uh, so yes, it's it's definitely something to be concerned about and like to to kind of keep an eye on. But but until until we see how everything plays out in the headset, I, I, I'm not terribly concerned yet. Plus, mm, no, it's yeah, it's not I mean, something that I it's not something that I really found a big problem trying out the Quest Two. And uh, also, I did see a couple people mentioning that maybe different IPDs are affected um, uh, with by the lenses. Some have a worse effect and stuff. So, um, but I imagine that, and we'll probably get to it at some point. There will be like a uh, an, another adjustment for that. Right. Right. Absolutely. I give a quick shout out here to Blue Jew, the underground game cat, with a fifteen dollar tip. Says such exciting news. Appreciation for all your work bringing it to us. Choo choo. Appreciate you, Blue Jew. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, one one of the things I did see about uh, about Fresnel lenses was that um, was that sometimes there's uh, lower contrast and like the, a lot of the light doesn't get through the way that it's supposed to. Uh, and something that we didn't talk about in the breaking news report was that PlayStation VR two actually has the capability of being three times brighter than PlayStation VR one. And so I feel wow. right, I feel like this is a countermeasure, right? This is like when Sony's saying, "Hey, the, like there are drawbacks to some of the things in the headset, but don't worry, we're going we know ways to counter that stuff." I mean, cuz yeah. at what point <laughs> have you been playing a PlayStation VR1 game and gone, "This needs to be 3 times brighter?" Like never. I, don't think I have yeah. <laughs> never ever, right? So like there's a reason for that to to be included. So and it's probably to counter some of these uh, some of the negative effects of some of their decisions. Yeah. That that's the whole thing that's the whole base basically the design behind the ridges in the lenses is the way that it uh you know shoots the light through and and stuff that's why that that whole design dates back from like it's like augustine fresnel uh and and it's like they use it in like lighthouses and stuff and it's it's like crazy how how far back that design actually goes um when you do the research obviously us being in psvr land that news kind of came to us later because we're used to just the regular flat oled screen um, kind of deal, not not dealing with these, but people that are used riffs and quests and stuff were already kind of aware of all the stuff, well aware. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, another uh, another divisive thing about this headset uh, is definitely 
uh, that it's going to be uh, it's going it, the FOV is going to be 110 degrees. Uh, and, I, and I think a lot of people out there were hoping it would be a lot higher, you know, like, oh, next gen has to be 120, 130, you know, like, uh, like, like some of like the freaking wicked high cutting edge headsets out there. Oh, Reddit have a listing. <laughs> they were like, they were like debating whether the, uh, the speculation that Digital Foundry, the other day Digital Foundry said that the unleaked specs um, had some outstanding, uh, you know, qualities to them. And like Reddit had like 180. I was like, Jesus, like, what are we, chameleon people? Uh, no. Right. Well, in the, the big problem with getting a, getting a huge FOV is that suddenly you're, you're expanding the size of the headset dramatically. And Sony said over and over and over again that they want to make this thing uh, smaller, more compact, more lightweight. And so, yeah. and, and so making it like less of a burden on your face means that there's, you're not going to have an FOV that's that, that's that high. Well, and also it won't look as freakish because if you see these high FOV headsets, they're like weird <laughs> fucking. The Pimax is a freakish thing to put on your face. Yeah, and I like, never. You know, part of the part of the adoption issue with VR is like people think it looks silly on their head, and so the the better, the smaller, the less ridiculous you make it look, the more people are going to be likely to buy it. You know. Well, um, also yeah, for sure. Um... But also, when when the uh, field of view increases, it causes you to have to have more pixels to have a clearer picture. So it actually affects the resolution. So I was actually expecting 120 for the for the basic field of view. Um, I know some people people are really interested in the tech. They want to see the cool, flashy stuff, but um, and they want it like the one screen. You know what I mean? Like they wanted like one long screen connected or something. But I've never, if you look back at the history of PlayStation VR, I never once heard anybody complaining about the field of view. I never had any complaints about it. So a slight increase is really good. I want it. I did want it to be increased. Um, and I, like I said, maybe would have wanted more like 120. But I am totally okay with this. I was fine with it before, and a slight increase uh, could make a, a hell of a difference. Yeah, well, I mean, if it's better than the index, you know, it shouldn't be controversial. Yeah, like, I don't, you know, that's the top of the line one right now, and if that's, you know, if it's better than that by a couple, it's hit or miss when it comes to being better than the index because they're all well, in terms of the FOV. Like get, didn't you say Brian? It was like a little bit. It, it gets all wishy washy because the vertical and horizontal FOV. Yeah, um, I, I was doing so, research at five a.m. By the way, guys, trying to make this oh, all, okay. like trying to, yeah. trying to make it all seem like you know like uh, easily digestible and stuff. And so I was doing quick research and like you know copying and pasting facts and stuff, trying to like really get across the point. And I think I think yeah, maybe I didn't get the index right. I think the Vive is Oh, okay. Okay. Is, yeah, yeah. is probably what I meant to reference instead. Um, but I mean, but this is this is 10% more or 10 degrees more, 10% and 10 degrees more than PlayStation VR1, right? So like it's right. so it's an increase. I'm happy about that. It's Quest 2 is 89 degrees. And so like if, if that's what you're right. using big time, then this is 21 degrees more than that. You know, it's like this is a massive jump. Dave, what's up? <laughs> Um, so the chat immediately told us the right thing, which I knew they would do. Um, everyone's saying index is 130 degrees, so it right. is not uh, higher than oh, the index. Right. Uh, Mr. Gamecat says, so that video is all BS, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, got the, I got the fact about the index wrong, so everything is it's just... It's all thrown out the window. Yep, I'll just pretend it all, didn't happen, guys. <laughs> all, uh, you can all go back weasel, to your regular, regular day. Lisa Weasel yeah, yeah. West from Virtual Strangers, our buddy over there. He also says something about the Fresnel lenses, that they are more durable. And that's something that I saw a lot of pictures posted all the time on Reddit or stuff, um, was like scratched lenses and stuff. So, you know, 
that that is one thing that could save a couple headsets out there. I know he says he says he doesn't like the glare and God rays with them, which is the one big complaint that we hear about them all the time. Mm-hmm. But just another little tidbit on the lens there. Um, that, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll say durability is good. If it's anything like the Quest lenses, like, yeah, for sure. Like Sony, when you get the thing, they're like, be very specific about what you touch the lenses with. If you touch the lenses with the wrong thing, you will only the, the permanent. Yes, only the lens, the lens cleaner. The Quest, I wipe that shit off with my shirt and it's fine. Like, I just give it a little wipe. It doesn't matter. It doesn't get scratched. It's it, I can't see any permanent damage from treating it just like a normal lens where you just like would wipe it off with your shirt. And it seems fine. So hopefully, you know, it has that level of durability. I guys, next up, uh, I know we got some comments about this, some questions uh, on the breaking news video. So we should probably we should probably answer this now. Uh, Interpupillary distance, aka IPD, uh, was not discussed in in that video, and uh, and it it has a range of fifty nine millimeters to seventy two millimeters. PlayStation VR two headset, right now. That's that's a pretty big range. So uh, you know, I think I think it was Matt in the comments was like, my eyes are like strangely far away from each other. Is this going to be a problem? And I was like, I need a picture, sir. I need to see what you are what you are all about. So here's the interesting thing about this, right? On on uh, on the Quest One, right? It's a slider, and then on the PlayStation VR One, you go and take pictures and and and, and put little crosshairs in your eyes and stuff, and it's really strange. PlayStation or Sony wasn't specific about how you would adjust this during uh, during the summit, but the possibilities here are actually really interesting because as we're going to talk in a second about um, about eye tracking, and so this could be done pretty much automatically by the headset itself. Just goes all set, right? No messing around with sliders. Absolutely, Uh, but you know we we don't know for certain. That was just the first thing that came to mind. It seems like it would make a lot of sense. I yeah. mean, you know, anything to ease the entry point. And then also, if you have games where people switch the headset around, right. it, could it, recalibrate. it could recalibrate on the fly. Yeah, because yeah, if it's tracking your eyes, it has to know where they are and how far they are apart. So, yeah, that right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's a that really way, good idea, you could, actually. You could pass it around, and without somebody having a big difference in the IPD, it wouldn't be blurry for one person. Everybody could have a kind of uh, equal experience with it. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and I guess that brings us to screen resolution. Uh, can you, one of you guys uh, take this away for me? I got one thing to do over here. Yeah, um, so the screen resolution is 2000 by 2040 per eye, which brings it about to 4K. It's like right around, I actually think it's like, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's just below. But here's the deal. Most VR games, are probably not going to be 4K. I don't think they are, at least at the fir- at first. Um, I do expect a lot of games to maybe have that feature, maybe have something around that. It would be nice when you have the screen so close to your eyes, every pixel counts twice as much. Um, so, But when you have to also generate the image twice and stuff, uh, it, could, um, it could be a little bit different, but, but yeah. I think um, the interesting thing, you know, we haven't gotten to some of this yet, but my first thought uh, was, okay, even if you have 4K lenses, or not 4K lenses, 4K display uh, stuff, uh, like you said, it won't matter because games won't be able to hit it. But the more that I think about the stuff we're going to talk about later in the show and how they're optimizing it in all these ways, I think 
that we might see stuff that actually could get close to 4K on the PS5 and VR. Yeah. If all these other things fall into place as they are supposed to, I think we could see some really high quality shit um, out of the PS5 what, and the PS5. Oh, yeah. What gets me is that like when when I play something like Rhythm and Bullets, right, and it's it's a very simple game, and so like it can really push the resolution and the refresh rate to the max. You put those things up to your face, and it's crystal clear, like everything. Like it's just, it looks amazing, right? And so I mean, not like you know, from an artistic standpoint, but from a resolution it's standpoint, crisp. It's, it's crisp, crisp and it runs well, 120, you yeah. know, all that stuff. And then you and then you play a game like Hitman Three, and you're like, oh, I didn't know this shit was capable. Like the, that headset was even capable of displaying, you know, resolution like this with such a you know amazing kind of like big world with a lot of stuff going on. So the fact is, is like we're just now kind of seeing how amazing the current headset is. Like you know, if you play the Frack demo, you have a pretty good understanding of like how crisp and clear things can be with the PlayStation Five powering the old headset. So like to see a dramatic to see the jump from 1080p on PSVR one to 4K. Is going to be remarkable, right? And I th- and, I, and I don't think anyone's ready for it. I think it's going to be really, really impressive. Yeah, I mean, I think only people who currently have a, a high-end PC VR setup who are not many people I know. I'd, I've never tried an Index or a Pimax or you know the newest graphics card or anything. You know, I got to right. run Alex on medium settings to get it to work. Right. So, um, like, I, you know, this is going to be mind blowing for a lot of people who are coming from Quest or PSVR one. I think. Um, in terms of what this thing can do. Yeah. You know. the, the potential is crazy. And we already know of at least one game that already has 4K support um, that's super sampled, and that's Blood and Truth. That comes from First Party Studio, uh, London Studio. And, um, yeah, that, uh, that game is already set to be 4K. And then, of course, with the PSVR Gen 1 headset, it's um, – but, but that just shows you that it can run 4K – 90 frames per second it's running on the on the ps5 hardware like that so who knows maybe maybe there's more games that could be 4k than we think yeah, yeah. i yeah. think so i mean a lot of people in chatter are kind of going along with what i was saying where the stuff that we're going to talk about in terms of the way these games are going to be uh done from a performance standpoint the way they work on the system and all the features that kind of go into helping optimize you know the best experience for it um Everybody in chat's like, yep, we could probably do games that look close to 4K. I think that's probably reasonable. And yeah. some of you guys sound knowledgeable, like more knowledgeable than I am even. So, Speaking of the chat, yeah, I, yeah. I do want to get a couple tips here because uh, we're falling behind. Death, starting with Darth Vader, the game cat, with a $5 tip, says, could this be the end, the flat screen Vader? Uh, Vader, VR Vader. <laughs> Sorry, I'll see myself out. <laughs> uh, hopefully, Vader. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, you come back to the dark side and uh, and play some VR games with us. Nibble the game cat with the five euros says wondering if eye tracking could help people with bad eyesight. Keep up the awesome work, guys. That is uh, that is a good question for somebody who knows far more about this than I do. This is this is helps me with bad eyesight. I don't know. It's a great question. I also want to give a shout out to Miles Dyer with five quid saying surely greater FOV and adjustable eye spacing is needed if PlayStation wishes to significantly broaden their audience like for sheep fish and frogs smart very smart why why not dogs I feel like dogs could enjoy VR I've seen dogs enjoying VR actually but dogs eyes are that far apart they're kind of closer together right (laughs) oh that's true I suppose yeah I gotta get flies in there Sherzad Khan City with the three dollar tip says 120 FPS or HZ native why am I not it can 
it can do 120 hertz native. Yeah, I mean, oh, so hertz. can the current. So can the current headset. Yeah, and it, we can. But again, headset. it's one of those. The games have to support it. Yeah, the games have to support it. In which most cases, they don't. Um, just running, like especially, like I don't think you're going to see a 4K. This is where where the 4K you're going to see less of. Like like a game's going to have to, unless the the PS5 is just that powerful, which is kind of a possibility. Mm-hmm. Most games are going to have to choose frame rate or resolution. And just like the PS5 settings, there's yeah. probably going to be a toggle between the two, between performance and um, what's the other thing? Resolution. Yeah, um, I, I think I, I, I think, don't think that honestly be the case. Sony. I don't think Sony will let you have a toggle. I think they're going to want to mandate that it is always in performance mode. Right. Like, it's always be as smooth as possible. I, I hope. Because I think, um, you know, their their main thing is comfort for players. And so, like, that is what, you know, good graphics are a great thing to have. But when you're running at 120, you can just feel the difference in, like, I don't know, everything just feels more immersive about it. And it's less nauseating, too, for a lot of people. So Yeah. Yeah, and for sure. We'll start, we'll talk more about uh, refresh rates in just a second here. Sergeant Frosty with a $2 tip. This is uh, Frosty Train. This is this uh, Frosty this Express. Zamboni <laughs> Express. Lots of little emojis there, man. It's tough to read. Frosty Express. We'd be going off the rails. Thank you so much for the tip, Frosty. Much love. Hope everything's going well. And I don't think, I think we're all caught up on tips now, which is great. So we can move on to... Uh, Actually, I, the res, the re- refresh rate. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. The refresh rate is yeah. uh, it will be will be running natively. We didn't talk about this on the breaking news report, uh, but it will run natively at ninety and one hundred and twenty hertz. Uh, this is this is super important. Uh, you know, there's definitely sometimes on the on the PlayStation VR one where there's a lot of ghosting, um, and uh, and and it just it just kind of ruins the immersion. And so anything like higher refresh rates, higher frame rates, this is all going to be really really good uh, for for the immersion factor and just helping your brain forget that you're in VR, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, um, uh, as you mentioned, that is so noticeable when you go into a game that is running at 120 um, on the current PSVR. And so if we can think that most games that aren't super resource intensive will hopefully be targeting 120 instead of 90. Like, you know, if those big scale games that have crazy graphics and, you know, triple A stuff, if that runs at 90, I'm totally fine with that. We're used to 90. It's okay. It's pretty decent. Um, 120, though, is like the the sweet spot. Silky smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Super silky smooth. All right. Let's talk about the OLED display. Uh, Yes. This was a huge surprise. I'm super excited about this one, if you can't tell. Now, we had heard rumors um, that were linking to this saying that, because I had made the assumption, I think, a year or two ago when we were first speculating about PSVR 2, uh, that it was going to be, there was some tie, tie-in with, with some manufacturing company. And so we, we kind of said, yeah, you know, if they want to make it cheaper in the future, higher resolution, everything, then uh, they're going to switch to, what is it, uh, LCD. 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 LED or LED. Um, yeah, I think it was LCD. And, uh, but, yeah, I am super pleased with this because with the OLED screens, you get super great contrast. The colors. That's one thing that nobody can ever take away from, from PSVR 1 is, like, the colors. The blacks are black. The, the, color, the, the bright colors are, like, really vibrant. And it really just... It, 
it brings a sense of like awe and like just yeah. Well, then the HDR is a big thing too, because I don't know, like HDR just adds that little something extra, and you know, Quest isn't trying to do HDR, are they? And I, you know, like it seems like this is just another thing that adds that uh, level of like this is a quality product. This is you know going to be top of the line stuff. Um, if I'm looking for a new TV, I want to make sure it says HDR on the box, right? So same thing with this. That's that's good to know. Right. H- yeah, HDR is super important. Uh, I So I'm really, really behind the times. Like my, I've got a plasma TV from like <laughs> 11 years ago, I think, maybe longer. Um, and so I don't have HDR. Uh, any, for, for, for other people out there like me, uh, would either of you guys care to explain what it does what it does to the picture when you have when it's hdr compatible well or i'm gonna let the guy who isn't colorblind take this one because <laughs> um, you probably have yeah. experienced it a little bit more deeply than i have because yeah I, hdr you know, is high dynamic range and it basically just helps another layer of the color it, it adds brightness contrast and color that's that's the easiest way to put it and um this is something that was hinted at by um one of the uh, original members that did a, like a press conference saying that this was going to be one of their goals in the future was to um, was to have HDR and so I was really really pleased to see this uh, th- this is something that's kind of new that popped up around this new generation this previous generation of 4k TVs how that became a new sensation and and there's there's all sorts of different HDR techniques, different t- uh, like different TVs you'd have to choose, but uh, I was a big fan of it. I, I have an HDR TV, and uh, I think it made a-, a good difference. And for those just wanting that just extra punch of color and stuff, and I think uh, it's nice. It's a, it's it's really like uh, so many different things working together. I feel like you know from from what I've seen of HDR, I'm like eh, if it was not, I wouldn't really know, you know. But when you start combining HDR with OLED screens, uh, you know, faster refresh rates and better screen resolution. I mean, when this, all this comes together, right? It's it makes me really kind of happy that they didn't do like a PS VR One Pro or something, so that the jump is going to be so dramatic into the next generation. Like this is gonna when all that stuff works together. I, I, I think we're all going to be really surprised. Yeah. This mixed with the OLED is, is pretty sweet. Now, one of the drawbacks to OLED, though, I will say, is um, it does take it does typically take a resolution bump. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how they tackle this. I mean, they've got the resolution listed here. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they counter the, the resolution hit. Guys, uh, real quick, Mother India, Father Surf with the five euro says, do you guys feel like me that Resident Evil Village was not really delivering next gen textures? And that is secretly uh, and it was secretly made with PSVR 2 in mind. Well, there is something that we'll discuss. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, but there is something that we'll discuss later that I do believe um, could lend some credence to that theory. I think it's just an early, to answer your question, I think it's just an early PS5 title is all. Yeah, I just, I mean, the fact is when, when they were doing the whole uh, game testing and stuff and the, and the testers were asking the producer, like, you know, will it have PSVR support? They were like, yeah, but we're waiting on Sony. And it was like, well, this is this is what we're waiting on Sony for, right? Uh, so I think Sony wants to make this announcement on their stage about PSVR 2. And uh, as Dave said, we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a second. Yes, indeed. Uh, another shout out to Tax Refund. The Earth was made in six literal days. Game Cat Rear with a $2 tip. It says, David was a man after God's own heart. Acts 
1322. Yeah, I know specifically my name is biblical because my mom was very religious. Her dad was a pastor. Um, so I know for sure it is a Bible reference. So good call out. I have a bad feeling Brian is not in the Bible anywhere. Um, and that reflects in my life. Not in a good way. <laughs> yeah, not in a good way. Gatorade 23, Gatorade 23 with a $10 tip says, I would be happy with more, just more AAA titles for PSVR 2. Most, if not all of PSVR 1's AAA games were the best hands down. Yes, well, have we got some news for you, Gatorade 23, Gatorade 23, uh, in a couple topics, though. We'll we sure do. Yeah, we'll absolutely get there. Stick around. All right, guys, a couple a couple random things here that we want to make sure that you're aware of. Uh, one of the things that uh, has been rumored heavily uh, for quite a while was that there'd be haptics in the headset. Um, and uh, and that is absolutely going to be true. It sounds like, though, it's going to use uh, some of like the almost like the DualShock technology where it's like the motors, the like rotary, the rotary motors, right? The older style right. sense of uh, vibration, which which is, takes away. <laughs> well, go Sorry, ahead. Go no, no, please. I want to respond the, to you. The, the unfortunate part is that so we were speculating about this and we were like, oh, you know, being able to feel stuff like raindrops on your head yeah. or or other things like that. And um, this kind of takes away the chances of that happening, but it still means that there could be some rumble in the headset. And I still think that's super important for immersion. I remember the first thing after playing um, Astro's Playroom on the PS5 for the first time, I went back to VR, and the first thing I thought about was, man, I wish the headset had had some kind of rumble in it. Like, because I want just I want to feel everything. I want to feel everything that's going on in every single possible place. Uh, and yeah, so the DualSense uses uh, linear resonant actuators, is what it's called, mm -hmm. or LRAs, um, and that is how it kind of hits all over the place in different ways and. And so it's not going to use that same thing, um, which is unfortunate. But I'm just happy to have some form of this. But I do hope to see in the future that change a little bit. Go ahead. Uh, no, like I actually, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm totally fine with everything you said. Uh, the, I, I think it just kind of changes the conversation a little bit, right? Instead of saying, "Oh, it might be raindrops on your head," which, like, again, I don't know if that's not doable the, the dual shock four was yeah. actually had a pretty good range on it so i think some of these things are still possible but the only thing that well keeps... it's also distributed over a wider area and so like you know a little bit of motor here versus like when you just got two in your hands underneath each palm yeah that's not really going to give you that sense of immersion but if like there's a little motor over here going off instead of a motor over here going off and vice versa that seems like it could come together to actually be pretty solid without needing the full-on dual sense yeah. you know technology right yeah i mean it, it definitely sounds initially disappointing and uh you know obviously the the more i mean the concept tech... itself though no the concept itself is not disappointing to me at all i like i'm sure. excited about it like yeah. you, we can quibble about the motors they're using and stuff but i'm sure they know what they're doing as far as that that goes fingers um, crossed fingers crossed but i think that this was one of the crazy like I didn't think this would really happen. I thought it was some patent that they would probably scrap or whatever. It, it was a patent, and, yeah. Well, yeah, but a lot of those, you know, don't see the light of day. And I was just like, this is some crazy idea they probably won't do. Because no other VR headset that has ever been on the market that I'm aware of yeah. has face haptics in it. Right. That are, <laughs> right. And, and that's like a big jump forward. Like, that could be. If it's as good as it could be, it could be really good. 
Right. And, and don't forget that, that not all of this is supposed to be about like raindrops or like, you know, like feeling the vibration of the car when you start the motor. It's it's Sony has Sony's doing this. It sounds like more than any for any other reason than to help reduce or eliminate motion sickness. Uh, yeah. Right. And so and so if, that's if what they, the patent was for was, was right. specifically yeah. for motion sickness. Nothing. There else. are certain vibrations that can actually reduce motion sickness, even if it's not like tied to something in the game exactly. But like it might even be subtle enough that you could barely tell it's happening but like yeah. they've definitely done research that says okay this kind of wavelength you know helps subtle stabilize people yeah yeah well and it's it's also like anything that will remove the feeling of that your head is just a camera moving through space right mm -hmm. like anything that makes it feel like it's attached to something maybe like you know with every step there's footsteps something that just tricks your brain into going oh no i'm i'm here and i'm actually moving around i'm not just a camera that's floating I'm not uh, gonna lie. Yeah, don't I lie. don't lie. I am. I get really giddy when I see people getting super nervous when they see this feature, and they're like, "Wait a minute!" So that game where I get punched in the head, I'm like, "Oh yeah, you're gonna feel it." Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> or you know, ah, oh, I love it. Guys, we got a couple tips to take care of. We got stupid donkey with the five dollar tip. Speaking, fucking drops dropping knowledge over here. He says, "My cat's breath smells like cat food." Is that? Mm. Is that Sim that's Sim that's Simpsons, right? That's, is that yeah. Ralph? I think that's a that's Ralph Wiggum quote. Mm -hmm. uh, we also got Bell Ramio, the game cat, with the 22 euros saying, sorry I'm late, what did I miss? Also, haptics. Don't forget there's a cushioning in the headsets. Uh, and, and, head, and head is not hands. Maybe you would never feel raindrops as it's not as sensitive. And head is not hands. Head is not hands. Dropping more nice words from Head is thank you, uh, thank you guys. Uh, you guys are really you keeping the channel alive. I really, really appreciate the donations. You guys are awesome. Uh, but we need to move on, and we're gonna move on to um, something that is super simple and maybe really obvious. Uh, and that's that the this system. Is new. Yeah, this is new. This was not discussed uh, in the breaking news report. The system UI will be superimposed over the game. Now this is good news. I like this. This is yeah. how um, it's how Quest does it, and it's a better system. It's more seamless. You can uh, like more easily traverse, you know, the the whole thing. Like you don't have to go back to this screen, and then it's flat, and you got to scroll through, and whatever. It's just like you're in VR the whole time, and there's a thing that pops up that says, "What game do you want to play?" Right. right. And I feel like that's such a better implementation. It is um, because yeah, you don't have to exit everything. It's it's kind of like it's the closest thing it's similar to is like the quick menu that we had before. We don't have that quick menu anymore, really. I don't think. Um, it's it the the PS Five is uh, honestly with some of the menu stuff can be a little tedious sometimes and and can be menus buried within menus buried within menus. Uh, I agree. I like the way the Quest does it. You just you have your right start button brings up one certain menu left start button brings up another menu and you can either quit the game go to the apps make adjustments to the game uh change settings and stuff so uh this will obviously let you mess with some of the um main menus things from inside the game one Just thing i also hope is that um so currently when you're streaming on the psvr um, from ps5 with the current ui set up there you can't see the comments on the screen and there's a way to set this up when I streamed from my quest where you can have like a pinned thing that just shows you the comments and just like even a little UI thing for streaming where you get them floating in your screen, but they're not displayed to everybody in chat. So it doesn't cover up the stream. 
but like you can see your little floating UI pop up of the yeah. uh, messages. I hope that they do something like that because the yeah. currently streaming is a little worse than it was on PS4, just because you know you either have to have it talk to you and cover up the audio, or like have you know canceled comments. Menu pop up. Yeah. That's when it works. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, it's it's always a little bit strange when you exit a VR game. You're like in VR, everything is you know all around you, and then you have to hold the PlayStation button, and suddenly you're just like in cinema mode again. Uh, so, you know, being able to switch between games and doing that kind of stuff, just kind of on the fly, bringing up something uh, that's in VR, like whether it just be like a flat menu in VR, or whatever it is, to be able to swap around, I think just it just feel way more natural and feel way less tacked on, like PlayStation VR one had a tendency to do. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Moving on. So, all right. I do want to? I do want to phrase this correctly because the next piece of news isn't news. It's this. We're repeating the exact same thing uh, because it was repeated. It was repeated at the summit, and that's that the PSVR two headset connects using a single small USB C cable. Now, yeah. this. Go ahead. Not a big reveal. Um, although a lot of people talk about like, oh, there's so much crap I have to plug in. I leave it you know, in the closet and it just, I never want to hook it up because there's the breakout box and there's all these cables and stuff. And I can see, you know, there, there's some people who it doesn't make sense to leave that all hooked up all the time. Right. Right. Um, right. So with this, you just got the one cable, you plug it in like any other thing. It's like plugging in a controller or something, just like yeah. easy as pie. Right. And, um, you know, USB C's are typically pretty lightweight too. Like you probably won't even notice it's there. Yeah. I do wonder if it's detachable though. Like if it's, if one end is just like perma stuck, or if you can just like pop it out and use whatever USB-C you got laying around. I do hope it's detachable considering this gen, how many times we saw somebody's uh, cable get damaged or something like that. I would like some kind of mechanism to maybe lock it in place or, and, and maybe it has like a, uh, an emergency detachable like feature to it. Um, but yeah, one cable solution just plugs in directly to the front of of the PS5. I'm actually excited about that because the PS5 doesn't have a ton of ports, and so and I'm not using the the C cable uh, port, so it'll clear up um, it'll clear up like what two yeah two USB ports and utilize that one. So it'll be a big deal for me just having that one wire solution um, and. You know, we, we still don't have, I mean, we have to imagine at this point that it's just a wire and that's it. Right. But we still don't have any word that there's some kind of wireless adapter or anything yet. Right. I think, you know, the fact is, is that Sony didn't spend any time on this. And, and, I, and if they haven't been listening, so many people, uh, whether they're the vocal minority or whether they actually are the majority, have said, I don't want, I don't want wired headsets. Like, it's wireless or nothing. And, and I'm curious to know if they've been paying attention to that, if they have a solution for that. And, and I just, in, personally, I think we're far enough away from the launch of PSVR 2 that we haven't heard the end of this yet. And that's, yeah. maybe, that's maybe just me being hopeful that, like, they're going to satisfy what everybody wants. But, you know... At the same time, they want this to be something that's going to last a long time. That's something that won't feel outdated after the first year. And so maybe giving us options uh, to make sure that it doesn't feel outdated is, is a smart move. The only thing I can think of is that, um, like, we've got all the specs here. There is no mention of any kind of battery on board. There is no right. charging solution. And right. so if you did have an adapter 
to make it wireless, it would also have to somehow wirelessly charge the headset right. at the same time, which just doesn't seem feasible. To can, me. can you charge through so USB-C? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's how I, well, no, no, no. What I'm saying is then it's not wireless. I mean, it's got to be plugged into something to get power from, yeah, even though it's saying. a USB-C. I see what you're saying. Yeah, so like, okay. if you take the cable out, I can it see, okay, yeah, it turns off. Right. There's no right. battery in the thing. So th that would add a lot of um, money and weight and like production costs to the headset to have an onboard battery. And I think we'd have heard about it if it was in the specs. I still have so a theory that maybe wireless we'll, is going to be issued. Yeah. Yeah. I still have, I have a theory that maybe that's something we'll see with like a pro model or something in the future be nice. um, or just have to wait for the next uh, VR headset well, well in the future, because as far as I see it, as as much as I like the convenience, the ease of use and everything, um, the battery life that's on the quest right now is not good. It's like two hours. I have two hours on it with the base model. Uh, and, and that's it. And I spend a lot of my time playing the, the headset plugged in or I have to do short sessions. The other thing is when um, when Xbox actually when Phil Spencer was on kind of funny games cast and he talked about uh, I think Blessing uh, asked him about um, VR and what their plans were when he said standalone wireless stuff. He was like, well, if it's wireless, then I don't see it having to work with Xbox. Like that, it that wire. He seemed to feel like wireless was a better solution for standalone headsets. Um, but we know that the there's the Wi-Fi six, the blue Bluetooth five point one. So I'm not really completely ruling that out. Even though I'm completely fine with the one wire, I'm never gonna really completely rule that out until it's official. Yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, this these these are these these are all the specs right now. You know, and uh, and the and the fact is is it's it's not complete. This is we we found out that for sure that this is not the end of the line, and they're not putting this in the production and, and shipping them out to uh, development teams this way, right? Like we'll, we'll we'll get into more about that in a little bit, but yeah. but technically anything could happen, and especially things especially things that don't affect game design, right? Things that don't affect game design could certainly happen with the headset. Wouldn't affect developers even in the slightest. So, right. Uh, but we'll, that's well something we'll circle. We'd end to. up in like, the final form factor. Right. Absolutely. We'll, we'll circle back around to that. Um, you know, on an upcoming show, we can we can always talk more about wireless versus wired. Uh, but in the meantime, Shirzad Khan City with a five dollar tip says, "Would PS5 be cheaper without VR box internally implanted on all systems, or is it a different tech?" Um, I think it's a different tech. Yeah, because like they had to. So a lot of PlayStation VR was workarounds, right? It's right, like, yeah. okay, how it's are we like, going to make this work? Okay, I guess we can take this old camera we've had forever and these old controllers, and maybe that'll work. And then the other part of it too was um, the the power of the PS4 by itself. It needed a little boost. It needed an extra processing unit. Something to split to, it. To, yeah, well, and also just there was a little bit extra processing power in there, as far as I know. Um, that's why it's all jacked in and there's a bunch of USBs and power cables. Like if it was just splitting the display, it wouldn't need all that. Um, so that was adding a little bit to, you know, what the PlayStation could do to get it to the, the VR level. Uh, I don't think the PS5 needs that boost or any kind of extra stuff. I think the USB, you can just pop it in. And at this point, USB-C um, oh. is, is not just can, a charging solution. You can yeah. display video over it pretty it's reliably fast. it's fast yeah. and lots of data yep so yeah it's, i mean it's not an issue anymore 
Uh, we also get tax refund. The Earth was made in six literal days. Game cap ring with the two dollar tips is the answer to twenty questions today. It's Batman Arkham VR. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Got to go way out ahead of us. All right, guys. I think we got to move on to uh, the next uh, the next big headline here, which would be the controllers. No orbs, baby. Oh, <laughs> yeah. still no name yet, though. Still no name. Still no name. Uh, but I I personally like the orbs. I'll probably be okay if they call them something else, but it's orbs all day. Uh, but yeah, inside out tracking was confirmed, uh, oh, yeah. which they I don't know if they already had confirmed that or not. Um, I think we kind of knew that, though, based on the design uh, we, of yeah, the controllers yeah. and stuff. Yeah, when they right. revealed the controllers initially, they basically said the controllers are being tracked by cameras in the PSVR 2 headset, which right. is the definition of inside-out tracking. So for anyone who <laughs> right. wasn't sure that was going to be the case, now we'll just we'll double down on it and say, yes, 100%, that is the case. So uh, also, when they've, they've mentioned before finger uh, touch detection, or finger, de- yeah, finger detection, and they actually call it uh, capacitive touch sensors for thumb, index, and middle, and they're describing it as analog, right. uh, which is it like you described in your video breakdown, Brian. It not only detects your fingers pressing down, but it, it can actually detect the distance from of them from the part of the controller, and it can infer the position of the other fingers as a result. And let me just say, <laughs> oh, please I've do. had a tidbit of like experience with with the finger detection stuff and when it comes to immersion uh it is pretty sweet looking at your if you see like a virtual hand and it matches like one to one your movements in there and like you've got some crazy hand it is crazy immersive and it is a really cool experience this is something that's a small feature that will be in a lot of games uh, but it's going to be important for immersion. It's going to be huge for immersion. Yeah, maybe not gameplay so much. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it being like a, like a game changer. Being like, oh, we needed this. But at, but when you see it and, it, and it's one of those many many things that helps trick your brain, then yeah, it's it's it again, just like 4K, just like HDR, just like everything else that we've been talking about. It's you add all these little things up together, and suddenly it's kind of an amazing new experience. Um, and, and I know there's actually been a few people who feel like it was a, a huge miss to not be not do the analog tracking on all of your fingers. But the fact that it can, I can't imagine a, a situation where your hand is doing something like how like in a, and holding a controller at the same time and in the inference system that they're well, using. Like, do I need a system where I can hold a gun like this and then wiggle my pinky finger around for no reason? Like, that's not going to add much immersion. But the feeling of knowing that when I rest my fingers around the gun handle, yeah, I can see them curl and, right. and you know, grasp it. That's what adds immersion. Having a, a independently tracked pinky is, like, not necessary for anything. You know, right. like, The things you're yeah. going to be doing in VR games are fairly standard. And so, like, when you when you grip something or when you pick something up like these these are normal hand motions and so the fact that you know the the inferred finger positions i think are going to be pretty damn accurate yeah well it can use i mean it can use both the uh capacitive touch thing and also the cameras to some degree i think i mean the quest does some hand tracking stuff that i think sony could probably figure out at some point for certain applications like somebody said typing on a virtual keyboard um as long as it can track your fingers with the onboard cameras, the technology already exists to do just straight finger yeah. tracking. 
So that could nice be an option camera. too. Yeah. Hopefully they've got some nice cameras in there. Chairface has it right here where, where he yeah. says, middle finger is a system seller. <laughs> Could not agree more. How many times did we play London nice. Heist or, or right. uh, any of those other games? And, and you just you put somebody in there like, oh, 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 oh you know? Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And don't, and don't forget, like, you know, not tracking all five fingers is a, is a price-cutting cost. Price because you, but you know what I'm trying to say. It's a price cutting maneuver. And so like the fact is like, some people in you know have said, oh, this is gonna be like a six hundred dollar headset. These are the kind of things that will keep it from being a six hundred dollar headset. Right? There's gonna be little things here and there that will um that they'll do from the software side of things rather than the hardware side that will make it cheaper. Yeah. Whew man. Excellent. So next on the controllers, this, uh, let's see, um, it says, seems like the DualSense could be supported, but didn't talk about how it could be tracked. So this is an interesting one. Um, I don't think we have to go too deep into this, but yeah, some games might have DualSense support. This could be really important for... Um, uh, like games like being uh, like Astrobot or something potentially in the future, or like games. racing games or stuff like that. You know, yeah, just like games where you some people are gonna want to prefer a single unified controller because like there even though you games. have all the buttons yeah. you've got, when I'm playing a racing game, unless I'm fake holding the wheel, I kind of just prefer having a regular dual right? shot in my hands. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and the thing is, as Multimove says, I was about to bring this up. Look at the front of the DualSense. The reason that I think the reason they switched the light uh, bar thing right. towards you instead of facing away from you is because that that's where the cameras are going to be pointed on your face. Right. And so just track that bar. Yeah, exactly. So that, that seems if it can track everything else, it seems like it could track that pretty well. Right. Yeah. Um, right. And that, but that, this that is. Oh, well, it makes a lot of sense, you know, and, and but for the first time. Uh, since PSVR launched, th this won't be a requirement, right? There won't be games that are dual sense only. Um, the, from the sounds of it, they're you know that the, the controllers are going to be packed into every single box. Um, every That's what it says here. Yep, <laughs> controllers will be packed with an every headset standard for PSVR two. That is a big deal. It was such a nightmare for a lot of people in in. Uh, in the EU and stuff, trying to get and move controllers, trying to find those. Um, this is something, you know, it was re ha, reused technology from the PSI toy days uh, and the move controllers. I was lucky enough that I had my pair already um, still, but, uh, but yeah, that's huge. Right. That that's maybe one of the most important things from this take from this whole conference. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I mean, I, I always thought this was going to be the case though. I mean, you can't, right. You can't market this thing and sell the controllers separately. It's just right. not gonna. It's not a good idea. And also, yeah, like you no. said, the scarcity of individual products that are peripherals that you kind of need for it has been a huge issue the whole time. I mean, people haven't been able to get aim controllers. People haven't been able to get moves. And this thing's been out for so long. You know, it's like it shouldn't be this hard. So the pack in is just yeah, complete no brainer. Makes a ton of sense. Right. We don't need to worry about. We don't need to worry about which controllers are supported. Some game, you know, all of them seems like will support the orbs, and that's just like that's just standard moving forward, right? This is this is how these games are going to play, and then some will say, oh, and you can also use that dual sense thing that you have too, right? Well, I think there might be ones that are just dual sense only because um, that's that's, so, the, that's the opposite impression that I'm getting. Like this is well, this, so this, go ahead. The only thing that pops out to me is that there are some games that will always, like I was saying, that will always feel better played 
on a traditional controller. And I think the fact that everyone has one, because to have a PSVR 2, you're going to have to have a PS5. So it's already like part of the pack-in deal as well. Like they know you've got a DualSense. So I think that there could be games that are just like, now nah, we're not using the orbs on this one. It's just DualSense because that makes the most sense. It at least will be an option. Game. You'd have to think it will at least have to be an option. Yeah, maybe I'm 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 100 sticking with these are the controllers and the dual sense will occasionally be an option. But these are the well, controllers most... that work with every single game because it's yeah. just like trying to unify this crazy control scheme that we've had for so long. Move controllers, aim controller, Dual Shock Four. Everybody's got one or the other or something, and so now now it's finally just I, like, hey, these. I, I agree with you, but I also agree with Dave in that some games the dual sense might feel better. Let's put it I that way. One hundred percent agree with that statement. One hundred percent. I also want to give a shout out to Andrew Bailey with the twenty quid donation. Says level ten reached. Love your work and stuff, guys and stuff. Lots of in stuffs today in the chat. Um, and right they were here. counting I AJ. Count. I know. I'm <laughs> trying, trying not to bring attention to it, but I was keeping track too. I was like, Bing, <laughs> Bing, Bing. Bing. Thank it you worked. So. <laughs> it worked. Congrats, Andrew Bailey. Thank you so much, Andrew <laughs> Bailey. Um, all right, uh, guys. So yeah, so controllers are packed in with every single headset. Uh, they're gonna be standard for PlayStation VR two. We talked about the capacitive touch sensors and the dual sense support, which brings us to uh, some of the some of the different hardware techniques, rendering techniques uh, that PlayStation This is the VR tricky 2. stuff right here. This is pretty tricky stuff. Uh, and one of the first things that was was said uh, in the breaking news report was, was talking about hardware uh, uh, FSR, which is flexible scaling resolution. All right. On the surface, this sounds like foveated rendering, right? Foveated rendering, right. as we all know, we, uh, most of us played uh, Resident Evil 7 on the OG uh, with, the, with the PSVR headset. And the stuff in the middle of the screen was definitely in focus. And as you get further and further into your peripheral vision, the resolution drops and drops and drops, right? But most of the time you're looking straight ahead. Um, so it wasn't a huge deal, but if you start paying attention to it, you're like, wow, this is really distracting. Like if you're not like really immersed. Um, so FSR is actually completely different. And this is, this is, game changer and the fact that it's going to be able to do it from a hardware standpoint this is a game changer for psvr what it's doing is actually rendering the entire scene at a lower resolution and then using uh, ai and algorithms it upscales it to the target resolution uh, and and then you end up with an image that looks just as sharp as the thing you were going for but you're only using a half or quarter of the processing power to do it right yeah and this is how and games still... are going to look is good like in the headset as normal PlayStation 5 games, because now you can render two images simultaneously, right? Which should take double the horsepower, but it's not. It's taking probably the same amount of horsepower or less. Well, and the other thing too, I mean, we talk about how this isn't foveated rendering, and this is, you know, when we talk about foveated rendering, what we've uh, latched onto with these specs is eye tracking, because, you know, you tie those two together, and that's part of the whole package where it foveates to render. Like Resident Evil, like you were talking about, just assumed... A, a static sort of like this is where we foveate right here but this will be able to follow your eyes and stuff and so i think combined with what you're talking about that's what's going to be like the right. big whammy in terms of like having stuff that can run reasonably well but look really fucking good in the headset right? yeah um, this is what different this is probably one of the biggest ways this gen is going to differentiate itself from the previous gen on ps4 and psvr1 completely different technique here 
and a huge difference and could save a lot of power, could save a lot of hardware yeah. uh, usage. Yeah, and it's doing, it's doing um, foveated rendering, eye tracking, and FSR all from a hardware standpoint, right? So, so the software is not going to have to be doing this. Um, and so this is going to this is going to be freeing up a lot of horsepower. Oh, that's actually good to know. I was wondering, like, are developers going to have to develop for this specifically and like keep that in mind? Or, but it sounds like you think it's just platform level. Anything takes advantage of this uh, capability, regardless of how it's designed. It's, right? it's a good question. It's a good question. Like, is it just a, a switch that you can flip and be like, oh, the, our game's not hitting uh, the FPS that we want. Flip the switch. Oh, everything works great now. <laughs> like, yeah, I, it, it would be uh, it would be really good to to find that out. Um, but the fact is, it's like, yeah, all this stuff working together. Uh, and and, I, and I, I don't know if we I don't think we went deep enough into this. Uh, if your experience with foveated rendering is like Resident Evil 7, um, you know, it's it's so obvious because your eye does move around the screen. You're looking at different parts of the screen or, you know, if you're not moving your head, your head might get tired. I don't know. Like you've got to look around and then you're seeing all this pixels of pixelization. But yeah, as Dave was saying, the the eye tracking will make sure that the center, the, the, the most focused part, the highest resolution part is where your eye is looking. And again, that is, that's some fucking complicated shit, right? <laughs> and if the headset's yeah. doing that, like just natively, automatically, like that's really impressive, really impressive. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we have a uh, multi moo in the chat here because multi moo is very knowledgeable about all this stuff. And actually um, the issue of Nick brought up something. He said, I'm confused because it sounds like it would take extra processing power to track your eyes and then change where things are sharper in real time. Uh, multi moo says, no, that's actually not true. It's like the same kind of data you'd get from a motion controller, which I mean, if you think about it, just little data points of like just little, you know, it's it's. It knows what to track. Yeah, and it's just like it's not ascending a lot of data to say this is where his eyes are right now because you're used to games tracking every input you have immediately on every control device you have, right? So um, it's like a, just another controller input, basically, is what he's saying, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. So it, it's not really using that much extra horsepower um, to to do that. So that's good to know. Yeah. yeah, this is really good, guys. This this is what's going to make you know when when we talk about like next gen VR, like we are not taking a single step forward. This is this is not the difference between PS two and PS three. We are skipping a generation here because oh, yeah. because not only are we getting what you'd expect from a generational up, update, but but it's also all of these little tricks that are, that are working together to make sure that. The headset can display something that you are very, very familiar with. Like whatever, whatever's on your screen is going to be really similar to what's in the headset, and that's that's a big deal. Um, all right, guys. So we talked about the rendering techniques and how games are going to look amazing, um, but we, we can't we can't forget about Sony's support for for developers, and they've got some upcoming programs that are happening. Um, first and foremost, uh, prototypes for the for this headset are going out uh, as early as like next month. They're saying the end of summer. Now, these, are, these aren't like dev kits that, that you get to keep, right? These are, these are prototypes where you can mess around, get your game going, and then you do have to send it back eventually, right? So it doesn't, it doesn't sound like uh, dev kits are just boom, out there. Right. Don't put it on eBay, is what they're saying. <laughs> Don't put it on eBay. We're going to need this thing back. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and so that's really good. They're gonna they're gonna start getting the prototypes out there so that people can you know get get started on the right foot. Um, but then they're also gonna have a couple programs uh, in 
the fall of this year is a is a getting started series, and in Q1 of next year is a deeper look series. Uh, and so this is this is all part of like a Sony initiative to help all developers make PSVR2 games. And that's you know whether whether it's getting your flat screen game uh, into VR and helping you do that more easily. Or, uh, or just kind of teaching you the basics or, or, or making sure that everyone's on the same page. Um, they are fucking committed, man, right? They are very, very committed. I love it. This is reminiscent sure. of, of the early, uh, this is very reminiscent of early PS4 stages. What made it so successful was that closer connection to developers and, uh, and consumers. And this is huge for that. And them, them helping out a little bit and they will benefit for sure because some they're going to end up discovering some of the most talented uh creative uh people that and that will develop games for them and then they get that exclusive content yeah now finally and this is this is my favorite part of the entire uh the entire summit and that's and that's when we're talking about games because we have all a lot of us have been through the last five years together right and we've seen sort of the change in mindset when it comes to when it comes to first party when it comes to third party and everybody at the beginning was thinking oh yeah let's get vr experiences right like they're they're quick to make and like no one wants to stay in vr for very long and no big deal sony is yeah. very aware that's not what people want and <laughs> and so no so they have a for for PlayStation VR two they're going to have a heavy focus on console quality VR games. That is in terms of quality. That is in terms of length. That is just console games. But now they're in VR, and they're they're talking about how uh, the the IPs uh, the, the titles that are recognizable to people these should be VR games. And the best way to make that happen is to make them hybrid games. Right, and and that's yeah. something that we've been talking about quite a bit. Is the best way to make this happen is to have these big AAA flat screen games that you put on the VR headset, and suddenly it's also a VR game. That way, you put millions and millions and millions of dollars behind the big project, and also make it PSVR two compatible. That is the way to get more AAA games on PSVR two. And Sony realizes this, and that's their initiative. This was yeah, the that's... dream from 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 like last this first gen. This is something that we wanted. We wanted our Bioshocks in VR, and we wanted our Bloodborne's in VR, and all this stuff. Um, not saying that just every single game is going to magically just convert, but this has a lot to go with uh, that. There was the kind of like a PowerPoint presentation that we got recently, where it said they aim to have their v PSVR 2, their next-gen VR experiences synonymous with play like the PlayStation brand, the PlayStation identity. And that is the games, 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 the, the thing that I think matters the most uh, once they get the hardware going. Go ahead, Dave. Oh, um, yeah, I was just going to say, this is also, um, whenever we talk about squadrons, uh, I always remember this one experience I had where I was playing with people who were on voice chat who were, flat screen players and i was talking about playing in vr and i didn't even have to say that much about it but they were just immediately like oh bro that sounds really cool damn like man i wish i was playing this in vr and i think especially games like that where like you know some random person who just hasn't considered vr can be talking to another person and then think like oh wait they get to do that in like reality and i'm just sitting <laughs> here on a screen like i want to do that and it creates that kind of like FOMO effect of like I already have this game but other people are enjoying it better than I am right yeah and so I think that's a pretty powerful motivator for people to to see like 
other people enjoying the same thing you're enjoying, but it's not so dichotomous of like, you're playing your dumb VR games and I'm playing my AAA flat screen games. It's the same game, bro. What are you going to do? Yeah. You want to play it like that or you want to play it like this? Like, And I think that's going to be very powerful marketing for Sony. Absolutely. We've talked about this before. This was something that we, we basically said, this is this has to be in the game plan if they want this to be successful is brand name uh, recognition and stuff. Uh, shut up, Andrew. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, one of the bullet points here says use well-established marquee IPs to bring new players to VR. And that's where you mentioned the hybrid content that is going to be essential stuff like resident evil. People want look, um, look how much better or how, how much more impactful resident evil was in VR. Um, stuff like Gran Turismo 7, which I am dying for. Now, you take some of these most these more successful games um, and these, these bigger games that are currently hot right now, um, stuff like Spider-Man, or an IP, Spider-Man, God of War, Horizon Zero Dawn. It'll be really, really interesting to see if they go to those lengths to bring their top dog, yeah. like, brand IPs into VR. Well, um, I mean, here's the thing. Insomniac, I'll say this, Insomniac has Spider-Man and Sony has Insomniac, and right. they'd be crazy not to do anything with that. Yeah. Um, there's, like, all of these, a lot of these um, studios that Sony's bought recently or, or now own, currently own, have some VR experience. Like, Insomniac has made several VR games already. They've got it under their belt. And so it's not like they're just getting people who don't know what they're doing, right? Yeah. Um, and then you've got these massive devs like Naughty Dog and, yeah. you know, the the God of War people and stuff. Uh, Santa, Santa Monica Studio, I think that's one. Um, like, you have to assume that if they have this mindset of we're going to develop for both, those people are going to be making RPS VR 2 games. Like, yeah. you're Naughty Dogs, you're Rockstars, you're, you're all those guys. Like, and that's what's going to get people excited. Yeah, and and it's and it's even more important to note that uh, Sony is very very clear on the fact that when you're playing these games in VR, they should feel like that they were made for VR. That's a mm -hmm. huge bullet point, and that's you know, right. and that's something that Resident Evil Seven didn't manage. It was like, oh, this is a, this is your hybrid PSVR one game, but like, but then everybody complained that you didn't have your hands, you didn't have move controllers in the game, and it was like, okay, well, this is this is what's changing all of that, right? So when when you do have these hybrid games there will be orb support right and so you are going to have two hands in the game and so and it'll be really interesting to see what they do to as as aj was sort of alluding to is horizon going to suddenly be a first person game in vr and you're shooting bows and arrows and running around first person using the orbs i mean that would be amazing right i, I think that be... one of the best examples is no man's sky uh no man's sky i i, I played from 2016 with the dual shock and and it was just a regular third person game when you play that game in vr with the move controllers everything changes the ui changes it becomes actually better that you can easily select through the through the menus and the inventory and stuff instead of going up to a ship and pressing x now you grab the handle of the ship and you open it inside the ship is a virtual like joystick that you hold on to and i love that we've already seen this has been one of the biggest things that biggest complaints gameplay wise for me innovation wise which we know sony has said over and over we want to innovate uh but they want to do it in the right direction this is the right direction when you're in that vr mode you want to have those vr interactive 
interactive features more than just uh, this gen. You know, as as an accessibility device, maybe using the dual sense or something, it's totally fine. But there has to be a, a built from the ground up design to be able to interact with objects and, and different things in VR. That's going to be huge for immersion and gameplay and and innovation experiences and stuff. Now, I think there's probably a little gray area here, though, in terms of like, um, you know, if a game is designed to be a third person AAA game and that's what works best for the game, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it would be so much extra work to make Assassin's Creed like every interaction VR focused, uh, orbs focused. And so I can see to some degree where they're like, it's got to feel like a VR game, but some VR games are third person games. And that's just, you know, that that might be a thing, yeah. but like, it's still way more immersive to have your head be the camera and you, you know, you're looking around the world and stuff um, and they could, you know, make sure it's optimized so that it feels good to play it in that way. But I don't think this this means that like every Horizon Zero Dawn is going to have a completely separate mode where you're actually doing everything with your hands. The the amount of um, design, it, like the money it would take to do that for every AAA game it would just be it's just so much more effort i'm i'm really really curious man because especially with first party games like horizon uh, i feel like that's where it would happen because sony's like we're already spending millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars on this let's let's spend a few more million to make sure that this is very vr when you play it in vr i'm not saying that every third person game should be first person in vr that's not even close to what i want to uh the point that i want to get across uh but i but i do think that when we see this done really well it's going to be done by Sony. Now, yeah. uh, part, so a couple things about that. First is that uh, for these hybrid games, Sony wants to make sure that uh, you can download either the flat screen version or the PSVR 2 version, right? So these, that was games, very interesting. these games are being sold together. Again, let's use Resident Evil 7 as an example. You had to download the entire thing, regardless of whether you're never going to play on the flat screen or not. And so I, to save- Are some they going to bring back folders? Are they going to bring back folders? Because now we're going to have a PS4 version, a PS5 version that we have to switch between. Now we got to have a PS5 VR version, like to switch between. Bring back folders. What happened to them? We're going to need them. That is, that's going to be so. It's not going to be a problem, but man, that is just another clunky, tedious menu thing. Just saying. Sorry. Yeah, for sure. And like I know a lot of people aren't going to up upgrade their PlayStation Five storage, so this is a great solution for that. They're like, don't don't. Don't fill up my hard drive with 30 gig of a game that I'm not using. Like, just give me, let me download the VR part and be done with it. Yeah, um, when I was um, trying to get Hitman trilogy set up, I can't tell you how much hard drive space that shit took. <laughs> oh my god! I don't even want to get into Hitman. That's yes, a whole other beast. Was, all right, guys, real quick, I want to give a shout-out to a few different people. Cyber Comedy Jam, sorry for the delay on these tips, man. We're getting into some fun conversations, and uh, we're holding you off a little bit. <laughs> $2 tip says, PSVR 2 has a possibility of Boneworks and Half-Life Alex. Absolutely, man. Yeah, like, I feel like 100%. both of those would be perfect launch titles, right? There's, that, there's yeah. no reason to delay that kind of stuff. Uh, th those games have been made on PC VR and perfected and worked on. Patches are all out, good to go. Let's let's just port it on over. The port, port process should not take long. Uh, and we'll talk about why in a second. Uh, Bell Ramio, the game cat with a 549 euro, says they should just release baby hands and everyone will be happy. <laughs> I mean, with the orbs, of course. I want. No, I don't. Um, I do, I do want to play Baby Hands. All right, and finally, Mad Max Stone, the Game Cat Avenger, right with the $5 tip, says, guys, guys, I just heard, and I knew that you were talking about it. <laughs> Pizza time. That's our job. That's our job, baby. It's, yes, <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Mad Max, for getting over here and, uh, and being part of the Not conversation. We also got, AJ, do you want to say this name? 
Oh, he does. You got cold yogurt? <laughs> uh, with the $10 tip says, it would be a big win if all PS5 games we played have uh, NGVR baked in. It'll be insane. So you guys know, yeah. I mean, I've been saying this forever. My dream is for a Sony press conference where they show off a ton of first-party games, and yeah. then they say, and everything you just saw is playable <laughs> in VR. Yeah. Right? Just with that yeah. same exact voice. And I'm just like, oh, man, I've had dreams about this. Please, God, let it happen. Well, and, and I wonder, like, so to some degree where, like, there's PS5 patches coming out or PS5 versions coming out uh, as free upgrades for games that already exist on PS4, I wonder to some degree, you know, if we're going to see that same thing with um, existing PS5 games. Like, okay, PSVR 2 has been announced. We're going to just let you know Returnal will be supported in VR when oh, you please. get your VR headset. Like, know, shit like right? that would be huge to Amazing. say, like, oh, yeah, we already had this in mind, but we just didn't tell you yet. And, you know. No, that's what go. I want in first person, man. I want to be firing, like, from... from uh, oh, God, that'd be terrifying. It would person. be. I know. It'd be like All those a horror t- game, finally. Like, right? it, it is kind well, of horror game. Guys, this brings us to our last, but most certainly not least. Uh, this is one of the biggest questions regarding uh, P- PS5, PSVR 1, PSVR uh, NGVR, <laughs> and backwards compatibility. We predicted before at least i did i don't i'm pretty sure you guys said something similar was that the the ps5 is already backwards compatible in that using an adapter you can play the the psvr one headset to play ps4 vr games and we didn't think because of the drastic change in controllers hardware, different things like that, the limited backwards compatibility mode with the slight boost and stuff. Um, we didn't think that PSVR 2 was going to be easily uh, able to play, all, just automatically adapt every single PSVR 1 game without some sort of like really good solution. So what they've told us here is that there's going to be a big focus on PSVR 1 remasters and i can already think off the top of my head um there's quite a few because uh, for a ps5 game you know every vr game that you can play on ps5 is a ps4 game uh it's just running in backwards compatibility mode anything that goes to ps5 is going to be a ng vr game and it has to have a ps5 skew to be able to to be considered a next gen title yeah, this is this is so obviously I think the perfect solution would be if Sony created some sort of way to convert light tracking to inside out tracking and just kind of make everything just sort of work with the orbs. It's a tough it's a tough ask, right? Because just way too much that goes into that. Um, even in even though I'm really, really hopeful that they do find some kind of workaround. But man, if you if you said to me, hey, uh, we're going to have some remasters of the Hitman trilogy, and you're going to have two hands and control it with the orbs, and you don't have to ever worry about the DualShock 4, which is my least favorite part about Hitman 3, like, by a large margin. Uh, it would be amazing. How much more immersive would that be with with two hands in that game? Like, maybe, maybe oh, full body. Um, well, the other thing, too, is, like, um, you know, I, I've said this before, I think, but I, I would love if they did some of this at launch where it's, like, there's, like, a PlayStation VR Classics lineup. Yes. Where, like, you know how when you got a PS5, if you had Plus, Sony was like, hey, man, have these great PS4 games. And then, um, you know, that was it. You just had a collection ready to go, right? Yeah. And so I think if they did the same thing with, like, top-tier 
PSVR games for launch um, just to have a library when you buy the thing, because a lot of people will be new owners of a VR headset, I think. Um, if it's as exciting as it seems like it's going to be, there will be people buying this thing who've never tried VR and never played any of these VR games. And so having those upgraded versions of stuff right out of the gate would be a really strong you know, benefit, I think, and get people up to speed on the, you know, VR history, your yeah. landscape, whatever. Yeah. I don't think you need the entire library ported to PSVR two, yeah. but, but there are some games that would be tragic to not have. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Brian, you mentioned, I could be wrong here. Um, maybe I shouldn't say, I don't think it was you that mentioned, but from our knowledge, uh, stuff from PSVR one, this, um, flexible scaling resolution mm -hmm. hardware trick can, from my understanding, can be potentially used if it gets developed or if it already can, I don't know, to enhance these games onto, onto uh, PSVR 2 if they get upgraded. Is that correct? From my understanding, am I understanding that right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, as as if the plate power of the PlayStation Five wasn't enough already, right? Like, I mean, you, if you got something mm -hmm. running on the OG PS4 and then you then you bring it over to the PlayStation Five, you're automatically just going to pretty much take care of all of your problems, right? Not not with the flip of a switch or anything, but you know, developers know what they're doing, and so being able to just use all that extra horsepower. But then on top of that, yeah, if you're going to be utilizing all of these extra features, I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer. The thing's going to be running at the highest resolution possible uh it's gonna be amazing um it now, can actually help bring some like picture clarity to those games that were previously blurry even though they shouldn't have been due to the <laughs> having issues running on the ps4 hardware they were blurry and right. and so some of these games i think a lot of games will get a second chance if they're going to be pushing for as many remasters as possible and and yeah i think it's going to be a dev by dev basis which is a free upgrade for some some's going to be a, maybe a potentially just completely separate release or hey you know did you buy the deluxe edition then you get the free upgrade or, I or really, something like that really 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 hope that because sony is planning on seeing so many new playstation vr2 gamers and they want to reward the people who stuck around right and, and and purchased all these games last gen i hope it would be the best of both worlds right if you already bought the game you get the free upgrade but well, then so but now you're also selling this brand new game quote unquote brand new to all of the new people who just bought a psvr2 and never were here for the psvr1 every i think every single sony first party game uh, or sony owned studio uh, that has gotten a ps5 upgrade for the game that was a ps4 game was free the only one I could think of that cost money was outside of Sony stable. Like a uh, Tony Hawk, they charged ten bucks for the next gen upgrade. Okay. Uh, Devil May Cry, they made you rebuy the entire fucking game to yep. play it on PS5, which sucked, but I did it anyways. <laughs> um, but like, so, gotcha. um, but Sony though, God of War, um, the original Ratchet and Clank one for PS4, like all these PS5 upgrades they put out have been free. It's just an update. So I, I expect we'll continue to see that with Sony's games. With other ah. developers, I don't know, though. I mean, like, there is a precedent for them upcharging for an upgrade. So yeah. I am we'll fully see how that pans out. I am fully expecting either games that were massively successful or didn't get the a fair chance. Um, games 
like when I say like a huge success, stuff like pretty much every game behind me right now, like Saints and Sinners, I would totally expect to see, you know, uh, Dreams, which is as, you know, first party connections, Moss Book 2, we know has a great relationship with Sony. Uh, I could definitely see a lot of these games getting upgrade and remasters. And not to mention, maybe one of the most, the biggest one of all, Resident Evil 7. I could totally see getting a, a, a makeover with the oh. new headset and the orbs. <laughs> Chat has told me that I'm wrong. There Apparently, Sony is charging $10 for the Ghost of Tsushima update, which kind of oh. sucks. I didn't realize that would that would be the first one um, that I know of to do that. So I'm not sure. Well, the, the point is here. There's going to be some incredible games that are upgraded, and I'm I'm curious to see which ones are they going to actually go back in. If they can go back in and and redesign Resident Evil Four and make it more like interactive, more right. uh, stuff like that, then absolutely I would expect uh, Resident Evil Seven and Eight, and probably going to be like a bundle, a PS5 bundle or something. Here's here's what I here are the games I expect. Uh, to to have re-releases, uh, Robinson the Journey on PSVR two, and, and <laughs> well, actually no, that one that one would be in, uh, would not be included based on what I'm about to say. Any studio that's still around making games, right? <laughs> yeah. that, any studio that's still around making games is, that, that made a PSVR that's one game, I would say has a huge chance. We're like, oh, all we got to do is like fucking spruce this thing up and give it some orb support and like push it back on the PlayStation Store, and now suddenly be in front of like 10 million new uh, potential customers. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Uh. Why wouldn't you do that? Right, so uh, so that's that's kind of where my head's at there, guys. We got some tips I got to take care of real quick. Mother India, Father Surf again with the five euros. So Spider Man Two in VR plus co op full campaign. Internet gets broken. <laughs> that's <laughs> I, I mean, agree. Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah. Internet gets broken. No, yeah, I mean like in a heartbeat. Like yeah. internet never work again. Uh, Jay Meow with the five dollar tip says upgrades take work and cost money. I'm happy to pay. I can always play them on my PSVR one if I don't want to pay for an upgrade. I agree to well, an extent. Not everybody's not everybody's, you know, got as deep as pockets as you, Jay Mao. <laughs> I, I agree to an extent. Like I, I, I do think, you know, I, I do think that there's gonna be some goodwill um to the people that have that have already supported you, like when you needed the support. Yeah. Right. And and again, you're gonna have this huge opportunity to sell this this remaster to a whole new audience. So like there's money to be made. It's not like they're doing it for free. So but we'll see we'll see what happens though. It's going to be huge, but I'm excited. I think that's going to be really, really important for those that didn't get to this gen and or didn't get to experience this gen, missed out on some great titles, as well as uh, maybe held off for the for the second headset. They're missing these games that are going to be coming out real soon, like yeah. Fract and uh, Arashi after the fall, all these games that look really awesome, and they're going to miss out on those, but they want to wait for the next headset. They need an opportunity to play these games because, uh, yeah, these are some of the best PSVR has to offer. Astrobot, of course, and uh, everybody wins with with these games getting brought to the next gen one way or another. Yeah, and I mean, even for games that are just in development now, this is exciting because, like, the Quest has been the the target headset for a lot of developers, the hot headset, right. the place where you're going to sell your copies because people are talking about it and it's getting advertised and all that. But um if this goes off the way it seems like it's going to go off and it's you know oh it's going to go off Dave. this is uh, like oh, i can see developers looking at this already and being like okay yeah i'm developing for that thing that's what i want to develop for that's already what we're know, focused so on sure. yeah so just like that's exciting um and, and i think there's going to be a lot on the horizon we don't know about yet 
Horizon, uh, just because you said. this info was that with a yeah i beat you and stuff uh the last thing that sony kind of uh drove home during this summit was that they want to lower the barrier for developers to make psvr2 games and i think that's you know is, i think it'd be easy to ignore that as just like as a big duh right as a duh statement um, but but the fact is is it's been hard duh. for developers to make psvr1 games like they, they... Every gen has been hard for developers to some degree. PS3 was was extremely yeah. hard. Had a two year like porting cycle turnaround or something. That was a big selling point of PS4. Was PS4 was hey let's make this easier for developers. Right. Let's also bring in a bunch of indie support. That wasn't with VR in mind. As amazing as that was, that wasn't. This is the first gen. This begins now where. This is going to be just the first gen where developers get the resources they need to actually build good VR games from the ground up more easily. Yeah, it's just there were so many hurdles uh, for PSVR one, and so many, so many, you know, the between the quality control and the and the certification process and all that stuff. People kept asking, "Why are we getting all these crappy games if Sony's got you know everything on lockdown?" They don't have the quality on lockdown. They had. You know, they had, they had to make sure that everything was hitting a certain frames per second, that there were comfort settings available for people who needed them and all this other stuff. And it seems like there were silly things getting in the way of people passing certification. And this, to me, means that Sony is, like, realizing that there's some stupid things that are getting in the way of these games being made. And so and, and maybe that they had to take a look at the certification process and maybe dial it back a little bit. Um, that would be... A smart thing. I mean, you know. well, I think it's it's almost like inherent to dial it back because a lot of it was about hitting frame rates and not dropping frames. Right. And like we've heard from developers where they they drop a frame in a black loading screen, and Sony would say, "Nope, you dropped the frame. Sorry." Right. And and so I think um, with just the increased power of the PlayStation Five, uh, you know, a lot of developers, indie developers, aren't going to be pushing it to its maximum limits. Um, anytime soon, you know, the big AAA stuff will, but that'll go through their own internal processes. But like in, in terms of indies submitting stuff, I think the PS5 is just going to make it easier to hit a frame rate, you know, than, than the PS4 did. Yeah. And so I think that will be a lot less of an issue um, in terms of like optimizing stuff and making sure it runs properly. Guys, that is that was a lot of PlayStation VR2 information. And, uh, 90 and, minutes of it, Jesus. Yeah, hope, hopefully it was satisfying to, to hang out and listen to. Uh, I mean, there, again, there was so much stuff that we just couldn't fit in a four-minute breaking news report. Uh, it was like 5 a.m. when I published that thing, and it was just like, let's get the, let's get the most uh, that I can out there, and then, you know, we'll revisit this today uh, in this format. Uh, so it was, you know, it was awesome doing this and, like, hanging out with AJ and Dave and doing all this stuff uh, and being able to, like, just really get our opinions out there uh, and the extra information. But the show's not over because... It's time for PSVR 20 questions. Oh, baby. <laughs> That's right. And if it's. I believe just... because I missed Monday. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a great episode, by the way, guys. I watched the whole thing after after uh, work and stuff. And oh, cool. So great, you actually heard job. what we were saying. Yes, uh, I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it is my question. Brian, I am ready nice you are, sir. guys everybody in the chat if you haven't played this game before uh dave and i have 20 yes or no questions to guess the psbr game that aj is thinking of and i think i need to put the uh, i need to put the timer from timertopia hey he got it this time I did. on the first try <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's get this let's get this timer up and running uh there we go timer's going does it have aim support uh no okay uh does it have dual shock support Yes. 
Okay. Does it also use the moves? <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. It's always easy. Moves. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, does this game have puzzles in it? Uh, no. Okay. No. No. Okay. So. No puzzles. No. No. Um, is it uh is it sci-fi themed? Uh, sort of. Mm. Okay, we'll say kind of sci-fi. Kind of sci-fi. Okay. Do you shoot things in it? Yes. You do shoot things in it, okay. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, is there full locomotion? Is there full locomotion in this? Uh... This must be an obscure one. Yeah, he hasn't played this recently. He has not played this recently. I have played this recently. Okay. Um, Everybody, go check AJ's Saturday Night Live streams. I, I, go up I with don't that. think that there's. Uh, I don't think that there's any full locomotion. Really, no. Not okay. traditional full locomotion. No. Is it? Uh, do you teleport? There's teleportation. Okay. Brian. Yeah, I'm thinking here. I'm making sure I got my notes. Um, would you consider this a narrative-driven game? Part of it. Part of it. Yo, Dave, let me let me let me let you in on what I'm thinking here. This this is sounding sure. this is sounding like Blood and Truth. Uh, Dual Shock supported. Yep. Move support. Move supported. Oh no! Now, keep in mind, it's not it's not kind of sci-fi at all, though, is it? So. It's not, there's no sci-fi at all, and it's no also sci-fi. not just narrative in some parts. It's narrative the whole. I've, thing I've also is. done Blood and Truth before. Okay. Um, let's see, narrative in some parts. Uh, you do shoot things. It's kind of Brian, sci-fi. Brian, are you keeping track of numbers? No, that's your job. <laughs> I'm no, I am. No, I'm keeping track. You, this you next, one is, next one's number ten. Dave's like, it's, this is, uh, this is number three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I'm pretty sure the next one's number 10. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, does it have a realistic art style? Uh, part of it, yeah. Part of it. Part of it. He keeps saying part of it. <laughs> I think, okay, um, is it Brian, P- I, I think we have PSVR Worlds kind of thing or Herocade. I'm thinking like that. it's got to be a compilation of games. AJ, is so this a compilation that. of games? It is a compilation. Yeah, Ooh, that's wow. eleven. Okay. Cool. Well, if it's partially sci-fi, I would say not Herocade because I can't think of a strong candidate oh, for a sci-fi game. There, there's there's a Galaga game in there that's terrible. Oh, that's the worst thing. Oh, but that's <laughs> so bad. That shouldn't even count. Um, but I mean, <laughs> but part no, of but it's scavengers, sci-fi. But Scavengers Odyssey is is well. Uh, let's that's ask true. this. Um, does this game involve luge? <laughs> game. Like, it does involve luge a little bit. Oh, oh a little. There's some, one part of this game involves luge. Oh my god! <laughs> part of it does, does this game involve a danger ball? All right, let's let's one, just say one it. part of this game involves a danger ball. Is it PlayStation VR Worlds? It is oh, PlayStation yeah. VR Worlds. Woo-hoo. Congratulations, good job, guys. Like good job, Chad. It was like in record time. I think it was pretty it was good. Nice. Yeah, that was, uh, it was nice. I, I like. That. I didn't want to give it away Brian. too much. Good work, Brian. Well, what was good. the wait? What was the turning point? Where did where did we decide? Because he kept saying well, partially. He started saying yeah, harsh yeah. part of it, part of it. Part I was hoping it, yeah. that was enough. I was hoping that it was enough because I can't say yeah. yes or no. Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah, good call. Good call. All right, listen. We want to thank a whole lot of people who helped put this show together. Uh, well. That that would be the three of us. No, no, no. We also want to thank Miles Dyer, who runs our Instagram account. We want to thank Jay Meow, who 
uh, get, getting our website up and running and also making sure that this thing ends up on Spotify and other streaming services out there. I uh, also want to thank all of the moderators who are doing a kick-ass job keeping everyone under control, not just here, but also our Discord. So make sure you also join our Discord. The link is in the description. That's where this conversation happens 24-7. That's where I hang out. I don't know what you guys have been up to, but that's where I hang out. Good place to... Uh, Good place to get some multiplayer meetups together. All sorts of good stuff happening over there. Um, and don't forget, we want to we want to thank Sci-Fi Game Cat Henry. Uh, if you've ever seen a show of ours with no timestamps, it means he was sleeping because he's the one who adds timestamps to this hours after it's over. Uh, so thank you very very much, Sci-Fi Game Cat Henry, and all the other people that I forgot to thank. Oh, Dave, did who, you talk about Spotify? Uh, yeah, kind of. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mentioned when I said Jay Meow. Yeah, yeah, Jay Meow. Okay, yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> but also, if you don't already, make sure you subscribe to Dave over at Dave Station VR. Subscribe to AJ over at PSVR Underground. Uh, everybody who donated in the chat, you're all awesome. Thank you, everybody who contributed. Uh, everybody who con- helps us out on Patreon, and of course, all of you guys who sat back, watched the show, didn't say a goddamn word. We know you're out there. The numbers don't lie. We love you just as much. I think it's time to cue the cat. You the cat and stuff, Brian, because I want to say <laughs> goodbye and see you guys Friday. We got a great show. We're going to be talking all about Where? Aftershocks, uh, Saints and Sinners Aftershocks, and a whole lot more on Friday. See you guys there. Have a wonderful rest of the night. Thank you to PSVR Zest. What's up, my what? favorite PSVR lime uh, in the house it's tonight? It's so citrusy. Steve Irene. <laughs> He's got he's got so much buoyancy, Brian. Uh, I got two of uh, Kids, one breaks Irene, down. Peeper the pig, flame hat, game cat in the second round. GG, homie. Uh, Gabriel double for the likes of meow game cat. Meow 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 meow. LC two five five two beats the musical game. The musical game cat. <laughs> I like that you took two takes. <laughs> the musical game. Cat. I, I was off cue. Let me try again. Musical. Now says arms arms arms. I loved uh, I loved what all that. What was it? Uh, Ian Ian Sandbridge says our hive mind is incredible. I couldn't agree more. Ian, group think is the way. <laughs> that, that's always the way, right? That's how they always look. Always. always ends the best. Important. Hello. Uh, he says, are you guys from Pennsylvania? None uh, of us are from Pennsylvania. <laughs> no. Uh, or seek. Uh, says, uh, let's eat the match. The game cat stay lit. Home and G. Uh, the fastest Scotsman alive. Said PlayStation VR World as well. Nice. He is fast. Super Galaxy God Star. David, so good to hear about your dad, man. So glad he is out. Everybody, yes. Uh, yes. You know, best wishes to you, man. We were, we were praying for you. Hanging in there for you. Good. What a fighter. What a fighter. Just like his son. Making him proud, dude. Making guys, him proud. Guys, uh, we, we, need to, we need to end this with donation from Delirium Drew VR with a $5 tip. Says, great news. Great day. Can't wait for next year. Thanks for breaking the news, Brian. I say, so I, I say we have a new rule. If you change your name to the musical Game Cat, we have to yeah. sing every tip in that voice AJ just did. Like, <laughs> great news. Great day. Can't wait for next year. <laughs> Oh, Only man. for holding hands while we sing it. I mean, can we sing oh, it? Like, we can kumbaya. We can, can we, kumbaya. Oh, guys, no, please, no, can we make it no. a metal song instead? Yes. Breaking news. 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 Breaking